Good morning. Good morning again. Welcome. Hear the word of God this morning from St. Paul, from Romans 12 first. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And then from 2 Corinthians 12. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Come, Holy Spirit, continue to guide and shape our worship today. I lean into the prayers already prayed, the worship already offered, the beautiful words already sung. Continue, Lord, to lead and shape this, your word, proclaimed today through Christ our Lord. I ask this, amen. Well, it finally happened to me about 10 days ago. I got COVID. A week ago, this past Friday, I came down with it. First time, first time I've had it. Um, It's on my my 54th birthday. Happy birthday to me. (laughs) Um, I got vaxxed, uh, boosted three months back. My fever still got up to 102.5. I'm grateful I got vaxxed because maybe it would have been worse if I hadn't gotten the vaccination. I'm getting through it. People have been so kind and supportive and I so appreciate that. Thank you, Steve, for stepping in at the last minute last week when I realized I was down and um, getting better every day. I know many of you have been through it. You know, COVID hits different. You know, it kind of does. It's a little weird. Like you get, you get some of the standard stuff, the fever, the bit of a cough, the, um, the congestion, you get, sometimes some of us get that, I've gotten that taste thing where it changes your taste. Whatever the case may be for you, if you've had it, you know, like any sickness, COVID's one of those things. Well, it reminds you that you're not in charge, <laughs> right? Especially if, when you're recovering and you're not recovering as quickly as you'd prefer. Sometimes right after a flu, you get that boost. But with COVID, it goes a little slower. It can roar back too, I read, but no relapse for me so far, just a slow recovery. Calls for a certain humility. When you gotta go, take it slower. Listen to your body, don't push it. Can be frustrating, but thank God, uh, I feel like I'm getting better. The Apostle Paul had something that he felt held back by too. We don't know exactly what, he, what it was. We know from our text, he uses vivid language. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, Paul says. Three times I plead of the Lord to take it away. Well, what's going on here? There's several takeaways we can get from this passage, I think, off the bat. First of all, Paul is brutally honest Paul condemns this straight up. A thorn in his flesh. It's a scallops in his sarcai. Scallops is, uh, C.J. Cruz, a scholar, points out that it's a, 
the term scallops is only used here in the New Testament. It's used of anything pointed. It could be a stake, a pointed end, a fish hook, a splinter or a thorn. Ouch, you get the point either way. But get this, Paul doesn't look at this and go, oh great, I have this thorn so I can meet God and feel more holy. No, he doesn't do anything like that. Paul is ticked off. Paul is like, get rid of this. I don't like this. This is a messenger of Satan, an angelos satana. Angelos in scripture usually means angel, but this ain't no angel. This is a splinter, a thorn, a hook. Satanic message. We don't know exactly what it is. Dr. Cruz points out that this could be one of three things. It could be some form of spiritual harassment. The limitations, maybe he felt uh, of his own nature, uh, from his own sin struggle. So it could be spiritual harassment, it could be something he struggled with, a recurring struggle in his life. Persecution, the thorn could have been persecution, instigated by Jewish opposition or, or Paul's Christian opponents. More likely, I think, and some scholars suggest, it's some physical or mental thing. Stammering speech, epilepsy, a neurological disturbance. I think the flesh idea, the sarcai, that suggests it's something in him, right? It's something physical. But it's kind of cool, actually, that we don't know exactly what was going on here with Paul because we could insert a lot of things into this. What's your thorn? You have an estranged loved one, a broken relationship, a difficult colleague, a recurring health condition, a struggle in your life, a pattern. There's a lot of room in this idea of having a thorn, a hook, a satanic torment like flies to a wound, the enemy finds our pain and tries to explore it. I hope that you have the kind of relationship with God in which you can tell it like it is. Three times I pleaded to have this removed. Get rid of this. I hope that you have the kind of beloveds in your life with whom you can cry out to God for deliverance, for whatever is thorning you up. Paul tells us he pleaded three times to take it away. And sometimes God does that. Jesus heals people. Our Lord will sometimes graciously lift our burdens. Things take a positive turn. That's in the Bible. God parts the Red Sea. Jesus heals people. And that's great. That's awesome. But that's not what always happens. And that's not what happens to Paul here. In his song, Sometimes He Calms the Storm, Christian singer-songwriter Scott Grapane wrote about the Lord saying, sometimes he calms the storm and other times he calms his child. Sometimes he calms the storm, and other times he calms his child. After Paul shares his pleadings with Jesus in our text, he finds our Lord with him for those other times. Three times I pleaded, take it away. 
get rid of this. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. <clears throat> the storm in Paul's life doesn't go away. The thorn doesn't get removed. But Jesus comes into it. Jesus comes. Jesus comes with calming words that reset Paul's whole course, his whole perspective. He needed that. And so do we. Cole Brower is a 29-year-old woman from Booth Bay, Maine, who right now, as we speak, is sailing around the world in a race called the Global Solo Challenge. She's about ready to sail around Cape Horn in South America before she turns north, heads back up to Spain from where she launched on October 29th. She's due in around March 1st. She's currently waiting out a storm before she rounds the Cape. It's a very dangerous area of surf where the Atlantic and the Pacific meet down there. You can follow Cole on Instagram and on the Global Solo Challenger tracker online. She's been posting some incredible video, videos of her journey. She's the first woman to participate in this particular solo sailing race. There's about a dozen other boats She's currently in a strong second place. She's in second place. She's had struggles. She's had equipment breakdowns, weather she's had to deal with. At one point, a wave hit her and she got hit her boat and she got tossed across the below decks. She's okay though. It must be something. It's gotta be unbelievable to be that far out in the ocean. There's a place she passed called Point Nemo which is in the South Pacific, where the, the, in terms of miles or distance, <clears throat> she's, she was closer to the people on the International Space Station than she was to anywhere, anyone else on the planet. It must be something. How humbling that must be. But as Cole would be the first to tell you, she's not alone. There's a whole team of people around her, supporting her, guiding her, the voices in her ear, monitoring the weather for her. She's got comms up with these people all the time. They lost communication briefly, but, but they, they got it back, I think. She, she's been broadcasting some from the boat. She lost some of that, but she's gotten it back, I think. And they're able to keep an eye on her and on her core navigational systems, on all the mechanical and electronic systems on board. She'd be the first one to tell you there is no way she could do this without those voices. It would be foolish to even try. Likewise, there'd simply be no way that we could sail through life with all of its hazards without the voice of our living Lord and his people. He sends help every step of the way. We are, after all, you know, complex creatures in a familiar and, and sometimes unfamiliar world with familial and vocational vessels, you know, that we're riding through life with. And it's bumpy, sometimes at least. 
But our support team awaits. The Lord who meets Paul and speaks in his turmoil will meet us too with his voice in our ear. My grace is sufficient. My power is made perfect in weakness. He wants to be in regular calms, regular communication with us. He'll do that for us, just like he did for, for Paul. We need it. We listen to his word in scripture and we can recognize it when it comes to us. We listen to the people he puts around us. We pray, we worship, we attune. He'll speak to us like he spoke to Paul. You are not alone. You are never alone on the high seas. Round in your Cape Horn, whatever it is, whatever it is. The ocean, no doubt, probably has a way of making coal feel small regularly. I used to love when I was a kid to go up to Southern Maine and just look at the ocean. And the North Atlantic has this incredible vastness and it's this thing that feels incredibly intimate and connecting, but also awesome and kind of scary, but also fun scary, like wow, but also whoa. But in the wow and in the woe, the Lord comes. We are not alone. He comes to Paul. Paul didn't arrive at this insight like, bing, okay, suffering is redemptive. I can grow from this. Okay, course correction. No, the Lord came and spoke to him. We don't just get an idea or a concept or a, um, a, a, a method, right, to help us through the madness of life. We get a person who comes to us and speaks that voice in our ear. The team, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Team Trinity, you know, with us always in our ear. And one of the key things he says is, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Such a remarkable counterintuitive, countercultural statement. No way Paul or you or me could come up with that on our own. It completely flies against how we're wired. We're a meritocracy, pull ourselves by our own bootstraps, you know, whatever, right? We go for it, we like to take pride in our work, and, and, and there's a place for that, but it's not really enough. Not always. You're gonna run out at some point. You're gonna miss at some point. You're not gonna feel like it at some point. Something's not gonna work out. Your boat's gonna get capsized, right, at some level. And what Paul does here is he hears the Lord's voice who comes in and says, I got you anyway, I got you anyway. And this theme of my grace is sufficient for you, my power is made perfect in weakness, this is not just a, a quick hit. It's a whole shaping concept, big idea of Christian faith. It's woven throughout Paul's whole ministry. J.P. Sampley is a New Testament scholar who wrote about the apostle Paul and how he connected this idea of weakness throughout his ministry, weakness and God Weakness in God, just in the previous chapter, our weakness in God's strength comes up in Paul's own life. He talks about being focused on his own weakness as an avenue to God's power. And then here in this text, two chapters later, the thought reaches its apex. But also in Romans, Dr. Sampley points out, Paul points out that God's rescue is available only through his grace because we are weak and helpless because of our sin and we're unable to extricate ourselves from the mess we're in. In Romans, Paul writes, you see at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. When we were powerless, 
Christ died. You feel powerful right now? That's great. If you do, if things are going great and you're excited in your life and, and there's something to celebrate in that, you can feel good things and good gifts, but there'll come a time, you know there will, where you're gonna feel that thorn, that stick. Ugh. But Paul hears these words and we hear them again. My grace is sufficient for that moment. I'm with you in that moment. Right there in the weak spot, in your COVID, in your frustrating relationship, in your disappointment, something doesn't work out, something doesn't come on time, little thing, big thing, whatever, Paul says, I'm gonna boast on it. In fact, because I hear this now in my thorn, Paul says, I'm gonna take that and extrapolate that whole idea to my whole life. I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, he said, so that Christ's power may rest on me. What a trippy pivot point in his life. What a turn. You think flies to the wound, usually flies to the wound. That's true. The devil will come at you at your wounds, but that's not the whole story about you and me because God also comes to us at our wounds. Goes right there, the wounded place, the deepest pain in your life. Jesus Christ comes there and says, grace, power. And Paul will say, that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses. What? Delight? From pleading to take them away to delighting in them. What? Yeah, that's the gospel. I delight in my weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Because Jesus is there. It completely flips the script. It's the pivot point for our daily life in Christ. Once we meet Jesus in our weaknesses, we see them differently. We claim this on a personal level, in slow traffic, in your own frustrations with bad patterns in your life, whatever, a recurring struggle. We all have them. Truth be told, we've all got our messes inside of us, honestly, somewhere, right? You can't avoid it. This is a, hopefully a safe place. We want you to have a safe place here to talk about that somewhere, a people in your life you can share that with here who are gonna love you and who are gonna be the voice of Christ for you and me there. My grace is sufficient. My powers made perfect. It's true at a micro level, we can also claim this on a corporate level because hardships are a place to meet Jesus in all his grace and power. It, it's a pivot point for our individual lives. It's also a pivot point for bigger corporate entities among us. Boeing is going through a tough time right now. We all know precious dear ones at our church, in our family, church, or church family, and beyond who work for Boeing. Great people, great legendary company. I read that Boeing's CEO, Dave Calhoun, fought back tears recently as he talked about what happened on Alaska 1282 and knowing what could have happened on Alaska 1282. But for every precious person at Boeing, we can claim this moment of weakness and struggle as holy ground because hardship is a place where we meet Jesus. He is there. Jesus Christ's grace and power are sufficient and made perfect in the life of every Christian follower, uh, every follower of Christ at Boeing right now for such a time as this. Boeing family members who are in the family of Christ have so much to contribute there precisely at this moment of weakness because of who Jesus is. And that's true for Christians everywhere. For Christians at Boeing, what Paul says about himself applies to you too. 
Christians, in, in, if you're in an educational system, I've heard from teachers how challenging it is post-COVID, how hard it is with various changes and struggles and discipline. In your weak place, right in that place, Jesus is alive there. His power is perfect there. His grace is sufficient right there in that broken system. Same goes for our nation. We've just come into an election year, 2024. Anybody exhausted already? I am. It's a lot of stress out there. Whatever your perspective on who uh, or what the problem is or who or what you think the solution is, you likely feel detect uh, your spidey sense, some uh, corporate brokenness in our midst, right? It's like as a nation, our democracy is in a giant stress test, right? But as Christian citizens in our fractured republic, what Paul says about himself here, or what, what Paul hears about himself from Jesus applies to us too. His grace is sufficient for each of us. His power is made perfect right in that weak place. It's right where we're weak, right where we're feeling low, right where we're feeling discouraged. Jesus Christ is there. Boeing is an amazing company. Our educational system is, is awesome. This country has an incredible history. I was an American studies major in college. I love it. Ben Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, um, uh, John Adams, oh, amazing, amazing people. Uh, um, incredible. But we would always, whether our corporations, our country, our education system, we've always been, great as we are, we've always been more vulnerable than we want to admit. We've always been more broken than sometimes we want to face. But that brokenness and that awareness of the thorns and the difficulties are holy ground because of Jesus Christ who comes and says, my grace is enough. There and there and there and there. My power is made perfect there and there and there and there. So we can actually, as Christians, have a whole different mindset. And it's coming year, it's gonna be a lot about mindset. How do we, what do we have to contribute to a world? Political discourse has its place for sure. You can debate and dialogue about all those things within the church. Educational philosophy, you can debate, dialogue about that. Um, corporate philosophy at Boeing, there'll be discussions about that. That's all important. But primarily, what we have as Christians is we have Jesus who comes and says, grace and power to keep moving. And that means such grace and such power turns moments of vulnerability into moments of possibility. What are the possibilities where you live in that relationship that's a struggle? If you're at Boeing in your cubicle, if you're a, a teacher among your teachers, in our nation, in the fabric of who we are in our discourse. What are the possibilities? Because of the grace in Jesus Christ and the power that he brings. Oh, friends, the future looks brighter on the other side of meeting Jesus in your weakness. May it be so for you and for me, day by day, every day. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the internal communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence in the midst of our pain and our weaknesses and your promises there. Come Holy Spirit in our broken corporations, in our fractured democracy, in our uh, 
whatever is stress testing us, whether we have COVID or something um, more menacing, even that health things that people are dealing with or addiction, struggles, depression, anxieties, frustrations, whatever. Lord, thank you that your grace is sufficient. Your power is made perfect. On the other side of meeting you in our vulnerability, there are endless possibilities. We love you. Thank you for loving us. Amen.